to Contemplate, a podcast ministry of Acts Church in Vancouver, Washington. Pastor David Robinson is our teacher and today talks about communication in marriage and relationships. Whether you've never been married or have been for 50 years, this is going to be another practical, doable lesson that you can use right now to strengthen and build your relationships. Here's Pastor David. Communication is a big deal. In fact, it is cited by some that failures in communication are actually the number one reason why marriages end in divorce. The number one reason why relationships have difficulty is communication. Communication. Failures in communication. Okay? Communication in a relationship is very important. Okay? It's tough to have a relationship if you don't communicate well. If you have your Bibles, you can look them up. If not, we're going to have it up on the screen. I'm going to go through a couple verses first. Um, first one's in Titus chapter 2, verse 4, the first part of the verse. It says this, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands. Okay? That's the first one. Here's the second one. Ephesians 5.25 Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. All right, now we have two unequivocal verses that say something. Husbands, you better love your wives. Wives, you better love your husbands. All right, so we got that. We built our first brick here. And, and so now we're going to look at uh, what does that mean? What does love mean? What does scripture say about love? What does it look like? to love someone. So we have the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to read the first seven verses. If you want to follow along. And here they are. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's what love looks like. That's what love looks like, okay? And so... It should be pretty simple at this point. I say, okay, husbands love your wives, wives love your husbands, that's how you do it, have a nice Sunday, right? It should be that easy, but apparently it's not. Apparently it's not, so let's, let's break this down a little bit. What does it mean to love when it comes to communication? If we are to love each other as God tells us, then what should communication look like in our relationships and our marriages? What should it look like? We're first going to look at the ways that we fail which means if we're failing to communicate effectively, we're failing to show love effectively. We're failing to love each other effectively. Then we're going to look at ways to improve our communication, to do it right. In other words, to show love, to show biblical love. There's a researcher at the University of Washington 
the guy's name is Dr. John Gottman, and he's been studying issues related to marriage for the past 40 years. And here are four types of communication he has found to be the most destructive to marriages, okay? These are the four types that are the most destructive. There's, an, there's something that all of these issues have in common. They're not loving. And so since we know that we're to love each other, we know what love looks like, we can reason that if we do something unloving, it's going to be destructive to our relationships, right? And that's what he's found. So here, here they are. Number one, criticism. Criticism, okay? Stating one's complaints as a defect in one's partner's personality, okay? Stating your complaint as a defect in your partner's personality. So the example they give here is, you always talk about yourself, you are so selfish. We have a tendency as people to look at our failings and our flaws and our mistakes as one-offs, right? Uh, it, it happened because I was tired, I was hungry, bad hair day, uh, you know, missed the episode that I wanted to watch last night, whatever, I had this other thing going on, that's why I made this mistake, totally excusable, I don't own it as who I am or part of my personality or my essence, okay? That's the way that we treat um, when we make mistakes. But when other people make mistakes, we tend to want to put those into their personality, like that's who they are. Right, so if I tell a lie, it's oh, there was some reason. I've got some excuse. You know, I was there. You know, I was actually just trying to not hurt your feelings. You know, whatever I come up with, right? I've got some excuse about why I told a lie. But when you tell a lie, you are a liar, a lying liar, pants on fire. Right? That's how we do it. When I do something, it's a one-off. It's a, it's a one-time mistake. It's got nothing to do with who I am. When you do it, you're a terrible person right? And, and, and this is part of your personality and so on. That's the kind of criticism that we're talking about here. When we criticize others by saying that because they did this thing, that they are that thing, we are not loving. We're not loving because we want to be able to think of our mistakes as one-offs. And if we're to do unto others as we would have them do unto us, which I think is somewhere in the Bible. I think Jesus said that, right? If we're to do that, then when someone else makes a mistake, we can't automatically try to criticize them and put that as part of their personality. Oh, you're greedy. Oh, you're lazy. Or you're whatever because you, you've done this thing. That's criticism. That's dangerous criticism. And we're not loving. We're not loving when we criticize in that way. And it destroys relationship. Number two, contempt. Contempt. Okay, these are statements that come from a relative position of superiority. For an example, you're an idiot. Somebody says that, right? Somebody says they're special. You're an idiot. Contempt statements are actually part of the never words type of statements that I'm going to talk about later. Keep that in mind. We're going to talk about those. But um, they're statements that crush people. And they're intended to crush people. That's why we say them. We're trying to, we're trying to hurt, right? Um, they're statements that raise you up and push the person you're talking to down at the same time. And you, in doing that, you destroy relationship because you're destroying this other person. You're destroying this other person. These are words that are often spoken in anger and regretted later. Unfortunately, it's tough to apologize your way out of the pain that you've caused. It tends to stay with people. The, some things you can say, and it's like, hey, I, you know, I should have said that, and it's kind of it's all good. But contempt statements... Those tend to, to punch deep and stay for a long time, okay? This, this, this is probably the most destructive kind of communication that you can have in a relationship or a marriage, and many of us know that. Number three, defensiveness. Defensiveness, okay? 
self-protection in the form of righteous indignation or innocent victimhood, right? It's a way of fending off a perceived attack. An example, it's not my fault that we're always late. It's your fault. Uh, defensiveness is something we do. We, we perceive an accountability coming our way, and we don't want it. So it's something like we perceive this accountability, and then we say, well, you do this or you do that, so you shouldn't be able to tell me what to do, right? Which, as if what they do has to do with whether or not you're doing something wrong. But it's defensiveness. This is defensiveness, right? You're, you're attacking because you perceive an attack. But that doesn't make sense. If you don't like being attacked, attacking back doesn't seem like the right thing to do either, right? The question you have to ask yourself when you feel some accountability coming your way is, is the statement this person is making true? And if so, fix it. Don't get defensive about it. Grow. Grow. Fix it, okay? Defensiveness kills communication. It instantly escalates something into a big argument where nothing is going to get done, and it makes the other person feel like they can't say anything to you because you're so defensive, okay? It makes communication stop. Number four, stonewalling. Emotional withdrawal from interaction. The good old-fashioned silent treatment, okay? You know the one your three-year-old gives your five-year-old when your three-year-old's mad, and yet we do it at our age still? This kind of, I'm going to withdraw and I'm going to make sure you know that I'm withdrawn from you, and I'm, and I'm not going to talk, and I'm shutting off all communication, stonewalling, okay? Not helpful. Not helpful to communication. And kind of childish. And yet, you know, we all do it. We all do it. All of these issues will damage your relationship because they're not loving. They're not loving. None of these things will fit in that passage you read in 1 Corinthians 13. Right? They're, they're not burying with anyone, right? They're not thinking the best about anyone. They're not doing any of those things. They're not long-suffering. They're unloving. And so they harm our relationships, okay? Now, consistent with this theme and these four things, um, there are a few things that I call, I'm going to call them never words, you know, particularly in a marriage, okay? Never words, things that you should never say, no matter how mad you are, no matter what's happened, no matter how heated the argument is, these are things that should never be said in a marriage, ever. Here's what they are, okay? Number one, divorce. The word divorce, even as a joke, even as a joke, you should not even be thinking of divorce as an option in your marriage. Therefore, you should not be speaking the word divorce. Now, I understand there are a couple of instances where, you know, things might be a little bit different. But in the vast majority of cases... That word can come out in a moment of anger or even in a joking way. And every time it comes out, it weakens your marriage. Every single time, the trust the person has in the fidelity of the relationship, in the strength of the relationship, is going to be loosened. It's going to. It has to be. Because the fact that you would even say it means that you thought it. And if you think it, you might think on it a little bit more. And if you might think on it, you know, you can keep going, right? It's a word that should never be used ever in a marriage. Number two insults. Okay? This is kind of, this goes to kind of that contempt stuff that we talked about earlier. Insults. Now listen closely. Especially insults directed at the intelligence of your spouse. You're dumb, you're stupid, you're an idiot. Those kinds of insults, okay? You have no idea, most likely, how damaging those kinds of words are to people. 
Oftentimes people act tough, they play it off, they laugh it off. But inside, you're, you're causing death. It, it destroys people. Also stuff like, you know, dogging on someone's manliness or womanliness or ability to provide or ability to take care of the kids or, or some other thing like that that's, that's intrinsic, that's important to who the person is. When you insult in these areas, the kind of damage you do is it's especially hurtful. If you knew how much these words really hurt your spouse, you would not ever say them. If you had any idea. But some people say, oh, no, she doesn't care when I say that. He doesn't care when I say that. He, he's cool. He acts like he's fine or she acts like she's fine. They may act that way, but you are destroying people. I would rather break my arm than have my wife say certain things to me. Not even a contest. I would rather go through intense physical pain than have certain words come out of my wife's mouth directed at me. And I'm guessing that most of you feel the same way. When you're talking about the person who you're, you're putting the most love and affection and care into, saying things that destroy you, never okay. Never words. Number three, old stuff. Old stuff, okay? The past is the past. If you've forgiven your spouse for something in the past and you've moved on, it's over. Don't bring it back up. Never, ever, do not bring it back up. Okay? It's gone. Remember that the best news that we have as followers of Christ, as believers, is that Jesus Christ died for our sins and separated our sin from us, never to bring it back up. It is the greatest thing that we have, is that we've been forgiven of our sin and forgiven and forgotten and put away, and God doesn't look at it anymore. Now, if God's done that for you, but you want to keep this little thing that your spouse did, 10 years ago and bring it back every time there's an argument, that's not very Christ-like. It's not very loving, and it's going to harm your relationship. It's going to harm your relationship. The other person's not going to be able to trust you, that, you're, that you forgive. You're holding on to bitterness. you got to let it go. It's got to be gone forever. Gone, okay? Old stuff. Don't bring it back up. Very damaging to a relationship. Number four, this is just a catch-all, okay? Anything that you say that is intended to hurt the other person. There are things that aren't on this list, but you know your spouse, your friend, whoever, really, really well. And so even though it's not on this specific list, you know certain things you can say that you're intending to hurt with. Always bad. Never good for communication. Never good for relationship. They will destroy relationships. Saying things that are intended to hurt is not okay. They're never words. You should make a commitment with your spouse. You should go home today and you should sit down with your spouse and you should say, listen, these are words that are going to damage us. And so let's make a commitment to one another that no matter what happens, no matter how big the fight gets, no matter what the argument is over, no matter what, we're not going to use this way of communicating with each other ever. It will never help us. It will never push things forward. We're not with it. These words are gone. They're out of our vocabulary. They're done. You should do that. So what kind of communication uh, styles are loving? How do we love in communication? Let me give you a few. We're running out of time. I'm going to try to go quickly here, okay? Um, number one, honesty. Honesty. Complete and total honesty. No, if you're wondering, small lies are not okay. Lies are lies. Dishonesty is dishonesty. If you want a relationship to break down, just be dishonest. If you want it to be strong, be honest, even when it hurts. What do we lie about? Money. We talked about that in, the, in our, our message on money. People admit that they 
a lot of people lie to their spouse about the things they buy, about the amount of money they're keeping, about the amount of money they make, all kinds of stuff like that, right? We, we, we want to keep it for ourselves. We don't trust our spouse. Whatever the thing is, we lie about money, habits. We lie about relationships sometimes. The guy at work that, that you're, you're going to um, have lunch with, not, it's not, there's nothing going on there, but you're having lunch with a guy and you know that your husband wouldn't like it, but it's kind of part of what you're doing at work and you're dishonest about it because you don't want to you don't want to start a fight or you don't want to whatever. Dishonesty is going to be a lot worse if you're dishonest about it. Be honest, okay? Work through this stuff. Work through this stuff. Okay, that's one. Honesty. That seems pretty obvious. Number two, openness. Share your feelings with your spouse. In a relationship, especially a marriage relationship, there's usually one spouse who's a talker and one spouse who's not a talker right? One who's a talker and one who's not. One who processes out loud, one who processes internally. It makes sense, right? We'd have trouble otherwise. If you had two internal processors, they'd never talk to each other. If you had two talkers, they'd never listen to each other. So people tend to find the opposite. It works out well. I like to listen. He likes to talk, you know, however it works out, right? But you've got to be open even if you're that internal person, you've got to be open and share how you're feeling with your spouse because your spouse needs to know in order to feel loved, in order to know how to love you, in order to know you, your spouse has to, has to get that. Usually, and not always, but usually the one who doesn't talk and share as much is the guy. I know that comes as a surprise to a lot of you, but a lot of times it's the man who has trouble sharing their feelings. But here's what it means. Those who are the talkers need to learn from your listener spouse how to listen. And those of you who are internal processors need to learn from your talker spouse how to share. And the idea is that we're shaping each other and growing each other in our marriages so that we both become good at both of those things, right? Maybe that talker needs to talk a little less. And maybe that non-talker needs to talk a little more. And in the end, we're sharing with each other. We're working together a lot better. Which brings me to my next one, number three, teamwork. Teamwork, okay? Have a mission and a vision for your family and communicate about it. Communicate about your goals as a family, as a couple, and how you're going to reach them. In all the, a bunch of different areas, finances, right? What is your goal? What do you feel like your family needs to accomplish the things that you want to do, right? What about retirement? What are you going to be doing, you know, later? What is your life going to look like in that way? How are you planning for that financially? Communicate about those things. Oftentimes we don't want to communicate, but you got to have a plan. You got to have teamwork. You got to be working towards that goal. Your children, private school, public school, homeschool, you know, uh, whatever, right? The, the schooling. Um, are you going to buy them this thing? Are you going to put them in this activity? Are you gonna have a plan. Have a goal. Don't just have one parent. Oh, you got the kids. Or, you know, you guys are making decisions and you're not, you're not together on it. Communicate, teamwork, ministry. What are you doing for the church? Is one of you putting all kinds of time into the church and the other one's getting bitter because the other one's working so much for the church because they don't understand the call that the one spouse has because you're not sharing about it and communicating? Communicate. Communicate about your plan, your goals as a family, and do it regularly. Your priorities, you should be praying together about these goals and your priorities and how you're going to reach them and communicate regularly about them. If you're a team, you got to communicate. Do not assume. If you're sitting there right now going, oh yeah, we got a plan, we got whatever, but you haven't talked about it, 
for a year or three years what your plans are, what your goals are, and whatever, do not assume that you're still on the same page, right? Communicate regularly because things do change. One of you is probably changing pretty regularly the way that you're thinking and working these things out, your priorities, and what God's doing in your life. Communicate regularly, regularly, okay? Um, Last one, edification. Build each other up. Think about your spouse as more important than you and serve them and build them up, okay? Now, I'm not just talking about communicating with words. Don't be all talk. Some of us can say, don't have any problem saying all the nice things. Oh, man, husband, you look so muscly and great and whatever, and you're just so, or honey, you're so beautiful and smart and talented and what. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes people are communicated with in different ways. In other words, some people think your talk is cheap. I'm just saying. Some people think that when you're saying how much you love your spouse, but the garbage hasn't been taken out and the sink's clogged up and whatever, that you're not really showing that you love your spouse. So for some people, and you've got to know how your spouse feels edified and feels loved, it may be more important to go take the garbage out than to tell them how pretty their hair looks. Okay? So you've got to know your spouse well enough to know how to edify, how to edify. You've got to show affection through your words and through your actions. That's how you communicate. That's how you communicate edification to each other. Remember, communication is about love. We're called to love each other. We're shown what love looks like. We've got to put that in practice for our communication. Remember, you have to have this vertical relationship, you and God. That's got to be right. You've got to be communicating with God. You've got to be honest with God. You've got to be on the same team with God. What is he calling you to do? How is that working? And if you're doing that, then you're going to be able in these other relationships to communicate well with them with a godly communication. If your communication with your father, God, is good, your communication with others is going to be good as well. Okay? One more thing. You're going to argue sometimes, even if you communicate well. Let me give you a little practical something on conflict in that way. When you're arguing, this is what I've learned. If you will, as things are getting heated, as things are starting to escalate, if you'll take a moment and put down your side of the argument just for a minute and listen and just ask yourself, is there anything that my spouse or my friend or whoever is saying that is true that I need to repent for? that I need to apologize for? Is there anything here that might be my fault? I'm going to give you a hint. There is. 90-whatever percent of the time, there is. It's so rare that one person is 100% right and the other person is 100% wrong. And if it does happen, you're probably on the wrong side of that. Just saying. I know you guys, so I know where where you're at on that. Uh, You need to listen. And then... Here's what I would suggest. Take the thing that you need to apologize for, that you need to fix, whatever it is, apologize for it. Take your part of the responsibility and leave the rest up to God. In other words, stop arguing and let God work in the heart of your spouse about their part. Okay? So let God deal with your spouse, apologize for your side, forgive and forget, and see what happens. And see what happens. And some of you might be thinking, no, 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 hang on, hang on, Pastor David. If I do that, my spouse will so take advantage of me. See what happens. All I can tell you is that in my experience, 
you are far less effective at changing your spouse's heart through your great arguing than God is through the Holy Spirit. Far less effective. And so sometimes you just got to take it down a notch. Admit your part. Work on you. And love your spouse enough to just say, I'm going to let God work on this. And see if there's not more peace and love and communication in your home. Listen, we can't say that we love someone if we're not working on communicating well. What kind of a relationship is it that doesn't have good communication? It's not a good relationship. It's not a loving relationship. God wants to see you thrive. Thrive in your marriages. He thinks marriage is awesome. He made it, he intended it to be a great blessing to you. Unfortunately, in our very broken world, many of us have experienced it being just the opposite. And that's a bummer. And we're here as a church to love you and pray with you and, and work through all of that and, and what that means and how, and how to do that. But those of you who, who are in a marriage and, and have the ability to do what Scripture's calling you to do here, do it. What a great lesson. I hope that you found it as helpful as I did. And remember, if you need help in your communication, your marriage, or anything else, especially your faith, Axe Church is here for you. Come see us this Sunday morning and let us help you find peace and hope. Get directions and all the info you need at axechurchnw.org or call 360-885-9000. Hope to meet you this Sunday. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening and be sure to check out the next episode with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.